This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams. We have an awesome show. Today we're going to be talking a lot about apps. Our Hot 5 app countdown this week is the Hot 5 skiing app. Ski season is here. And we're going to give you the best five ski apps to uh, help you uh, out with that. Uh, let's look at some of the uh, the app news. Uh, this is uh, interesting, guys. Huawei, I think they're in the news lately. A little bit. Are doing good things. Okay. Yes, they've uh, developed an app that uses artificial intelligence to help deaf children read. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you you know sign language. I do. Yeah, I learned sign language a couple of years ago. Um, a lot of my friends are deaf or hard of hearing. And so I found that in order to converse with them, learning sign language was a helpful thing. Uh, there's a couple of places you can do it in Vancouver. Douglas College, I took a, an introductory course there. And then my friend Zoe actually teaches uh, a three-level course in sign language. And I've taken the first two levels. Well, this app is, is pretty cool because uh, they're going to be coming out with a bunch of uh, books that it works with. Uh, but essentially, you hold uh, your your phone on, through the camera uh, and using this app, of course, it will translate the words on the page into sign Interesting. language, which I, cool. I thought. And it works uh, with, uh, I believe, 10 different uh, types of sign language now as well. That's kind of cool. Because I mean, obviously, there's, there's BSL, which is British Sign Language. Uh, there's ASL, American Sign Language, which is what we use here in Canada, which is interesting because it's actually based on French. So the sentence structure is, uh, if, if you know French, the sentence structure feels very feels similar. Uh, but if you are kind of tr- sort of transliterating to English in your head, it can feel backwards sometimes. I, yeah, I, I wish I knew, I, I knew more about sign language. I, I thought sign language was just like a universal language that would work everywhere. Unfortunately not. So why? Kind of why? Like, well, because there's no standards body around the world. Okay, right? so, so they've you, developed different versions. That's right. So Gallaudet is the, the school down in the United States where American Sign Language was developed, and that has spread up here, and uh, it's a standard in North America. It's similar to BSL, so if you you know went over to the UK, you'd probably find some similarity to signs, but it is its own unique uh, individual language. This uh, app is called StorySign, uh, available for Android. It's uh, in the Huawei uh, app store for free, but it can be used on uh, other Android phones uh, as well. So looking forward to uh, hearing more about that uh, in the coming months. Another story here. I don't know why we keep finding these uh, Trump dating apps. What because was, I just find this fascinating. Yeah, well, I know who puts the news collection together here and now. Now, do you Google Trainwreck or do they... <laughs> So I actually have it set as an auto- automatic Google alert, so I go get the emails aggregated in my <laughs> inbox. <laughs> so we, we've talked about Donald Daters, uh, which launched in October, and within the first day, accidentally leaked all its uh, user information. So that was great. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. There's a new one uh, called Write Writer. Writer. Do you get it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I like it. And they're threatening to sue any liberal who might try to join their dating app. There's like one guy out there that's like, damn, you got me. (laughs) Curses. Can you imagine this? This is hilarious. I I thought these were people who were about personal responsibility and things. Yeah. So this is an app specifically for, I guess, Republicans and uh, conservatives, uh, again, called Writer. And they don't want those stinking liberals using that app. Well, I mean, and the reason that these apps exist is apparently because, uh, you know, uh, Trump supporters are on things like Bumble and Tinder and no one's swiping on them. So they've decided to, uh, you know, take their ball and go home. 
No one's swiping on them? Really? No one's swiping on them. Yeah, so that's why they why built do, it. Why would you even list your uh, political affiliation anywhere? Like if you were dating, well, they, they, unless you're really hardcore about it. Well, they say they say you know politics don't discuss while you are on the first date. I, I, I feel like it's probably good to know if yeah, you have a potential partner who is of a an opposite political view from you, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, that if that's going to be a deal breaker for you, then maybe you should just get it out of the way yes. early on. I think if I went on a date and someone was like, you know what, huge fan of Donald Trump, I will be like, tell you what, I'll get the appetizer and you have a great night. I think Speaking that's- of getting the appetizer, with this app again, a dating app called Writer for Trump supporters, uh, the app also breaks traditional dating app norms by allowing users to police each other, such as reporting men who don't pay for the first date. Mm, thought crime. I like this. This is good. It's, it's, it's like they really love 1984 and they're like, you know what? Yes, we're making this a thing. Love this, it. This app just gets better and better. <laughs> Writer. Uh, Facebook in the news once more. Uh, the, the British government's all over them. They are. Like a dirty shirt. Well, we've asked Mark Zuckerberg here in Canada and over in the UK to show up for a parliamentary hearing. And he said, uh, I think I got this right. No. Would you? Um, no. If I... If I could get away with not going, yeah. Well, I mean, British Parliament, Canadian Parliament, like, they, oh, yeah. the guys it, who it's carry not a, a they're not throwing, Yeah, okay, but they're not throwing him a party, right? No. They're there to crucify him. Yeah, and he's been having a bad time lately, so, you know, understandably, <laughs> <laughs> so he, he might not want to show up to too many more of these things. But it, it could actually have a very detrimental effect on Facebook doing business here in Canada and in the UK. Well... Yeah, for sure in the UK here. Uh, they're investigating them. And uh, one uh, fellow over there, his name's uh, Damian Collins. He's the chairman of the House Commons Digital Media Culture and Sport Committee. Um, he's basically got documents from a bikini app that shut down in 2015 on Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, will potentially be releasing um, the documents. And, and so what, what is a bikini app? So this app, and this is terrible. This makes me, you know, even happier that I quit Facebook. But this app basically would allow you to search all your friends' um, profiles for to find all their bikini pictures. <laughs> I have a lot of pictures of me in a bikini <laughs> on my Facebook profile. And I personally, I'd be I'd be grateful for an app that would let me share that with more. That's really creepy. It's, it was called Bikini. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this app is was upset when in 2014 Facebook made the decision not to give apps face uh, access to your Facebook friends anymore, and so they've been suing Facebook ever since because it decimated their business essentially. So our creepy business can't work. So we're going to see you. Interesting. I like it. Bold. But the fact that Facebook allowed this app to exist in the first place, I mean, nice of them to get rid of it eventually, but I don't know. Facebook doing the right thing eventually. 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 Well, let's uh, switch gears now and uh, learn something about our, uh, our iPhones. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. You're up, Graham. So, we, you know, like staying on the, uh, the topic of being slightly creepy, when you get an iOS message uh, and you are trying to figure out how long it's been since someone sent you a response, wouldn't it be great to know how long it was ago that you sent that message? You can do that. If you go into iMessage and go into the conversation and press and hold on the, uh, on the bubble and then pull to the left slightly, it will actually show you the time of all the messages that have been sent. 
you know, it took me forever to find that out. It's really handy, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's our iPhone tip of the week. Figure out the last time that you sent a message and the, how long it was before that that they sent the message. And you can sort of get a feel for the ebb and flow of your conversation. Well, you know what it is? Christina, like, um, iMessages me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if I don't answer her back, like, within minutes, I get, like, hello, you know, with a question mark. <laughs> So now I know, like I, I can swipe that across now and see that, oh yeah, it's like four minutes before she starts going nuts. You, you should have like a, like a, a countdown for that, right? You can just hit a timer and you know how long you got when that timer goes off. Oh yeah, put it off. to specific uh, contacts, right? Yes. Yep. There we go. It's time to send the message back. I like it. Nothing, Christina? Nothing? Uh, you know, you're not wrong, so... <laughs> <laughs> You are. What's wrong with you? No, like, just you, relax. You I'll get have, back to you eventually. Do you guys have red receipts on for each other? I No, I did not turn. You that. did not. No. So you have red receipts on for me, and you have red receipts on for me. I'm just turning to the both of them, but they don't have red receipts on for each other. No, I would go, I would go crazy. There's a, there's a broken triangle of trust here. Yeah, there is. When we come back from the break, uh, we've still got a lot more tech uh, to talk or apps to talk about. Uh, have you ever wondered how these... Uh, uh, these voice commands are made for like the Amazon uh, Alexa and Google Home. Well, we've got a company that can make it easy for you to make your own skill. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Amazon Echo devices with the Alexa voice uh, assistant. Have you ever wondered how they actually make those voice commands? Is it that hard? Well, on the line right now, we've uh, got an expert. His name is Braden Ream. He is uh, one of the guys behind VoiceFlow, a company that helps make it easy to create those voice apps. Thanks for joining us, Braden. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Let's just talk about uh, voice assistants right now. The two big ones out there, I think, uh, that most people are familiar with would be Amazon with their Echo uh, digital assistants slash speakers and uh, Google with their Google Home. Uh, out of the two right now, um, you know, from my understanding, Amazon's the, the leader. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because uh, sort of globally, Alexa's you know, just dominating. So in the U.S., for example, it's about 70% uh, market adoption compared to Google. Um, but there are places where Google actually got to launch first, and, you know, Canada is one of those places. So in Canada, you actually see Google Home uh, is larger than Alexa. So uh, it sort of depends where you are and who launched first. But for the most part, yeah, Alexa is sort of the dominant player. Let's talk about the number of voice commands that are out there. And these are almost kind of like apps. You go to the Amazon store to download download these uh, these voice skills or, or apps. How many does Amazon have now? Uh, I think they just passed the 50,000 mark, and they might be closer to about 55,000 now. That is amazing. I never realized there, there was that many voice commands available uh, for uh, the uh, the Amazon Echo uh, speakers. Uh, how does that compare to Google? Yeah, I think Google around 5,000, maybe 6,000 now, but yeah, it's definitely definitely significantly less, uh, at least with the numbers they gave us last. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Amazon uh, and uh, the uh, the Echo digital assistance with the Alexa voice uh, command. Uh, how difficult is it to make these uh, these commands? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's sort of uh, it's interesting because it's not difficult from a technology sense. So you know, when you think of like a mobile app, it's tough to actually code and build. Um, but you know, everything else, you know, it's sort of a little bit more straightforward because mobile apps have been around for so long. You know how they work. You know how to, to design them. The tough part about voice apps is not actually building them. The technology is quite easy. It's actually designing them. 
because how do you design uh, an application that's run entirely like a conversation? How do you design a good conversation? Uh, and so that's what you know the challenge is with these with these voice apps, and that's what you know what what our company is trying to solve is that we want to take the technology out of it so that you can focus purely on designing you know what what's a good conversational experience like. Um, yeah, so it, it's interesting. It's, the design's the hard part. The actual building of the tech's pretty easy. We're talking with Braden Ream from VoiceFlow, a company that helps make uh, Alexa voice commands. So walk me through this. Like, If I want to make my own voice command for uh, Alexa, how do I do that? How do I get you involved? Yeah, so you can go to uh, getvoiceflow.com, uh, which is our website, and you'll be able to essentially sign up, and it'll be like a drag-and-drop interface. So what that would mean is almost like a Wix. You can drag in components that you can actually use to build your own voice app. So to give an example of some of the different kinds of things that people are building with us, uh, you know, we've seen large interactive stories, like inter- you know, almost like entertainment platforms, where it's like a choose-your-own-adventure that you control with your voice, so people can actually choose what Alexa says, and it's able to tell this interactive story. Uh, we've also seen you know, things from ordering pizzas to even financial planners, all through built through voice. Um, and again, this is entirely without code. You're able to drag in different sorts of functionalities and commands, it's all very easy to actually piece together a conversation that, you know, uh, Alexa can then display to your user. And so I have no coding experience whatsoever, no programming experience whatsoever. I could actually do this. Yeah, it's fairly easy. Like we've seen, um, you know, uh, really old folk, you know, come in and, and they just got an Alexa and they actually want to try, you know, they've very little technical experience, but they're actually able to piece something together within, you know, an hour or so, sometimes even less, like 20 minutes, uh, and actually have it running on their device within the hour. And how much does this cost? This must, obviously, there's a price to, to getting this happen to happen. You know, we actually, the, the way we do our pricing is it's sort of value-based pricing in that um, only if your Alexa skill, so you can actually publish it to the Alexa store and other people can download it, only if you are, you know, getting thousands and thousands of downloads, do we actually charge a small fee of about forty dollars a month. If you're just using it for personal use, or you put it out on the Alexa store and it has maybe like a thousand or less people, it's actually entirely free. So you can, it's, you know, free to get started. And then if you choose to try to turn it into a voice business, um, that's when we start to actually charge. So can people actually ch- uh, charge for voice apps on the Amazon store? They can, yeah. And you know, there's there's uh, companies which are, you know, are raising millions of dollars creating these voice app companies. Um, so I'll give an example. There was a company called Drive Time, which recently raised a $4 million investment round. Uh, and they're essentially like HQ trivia uh, for voice in the car. So you can imagine playing trivia games when you're on your commute to work. Uh, and so that's an entirely voice company, and you know, they just raise money. And you, know, you are able to charge for these apps. Uh, the same as you would uh, an app on your smartphone. I mean, there's some pretty sophisticated uh, voice skills on, uh, on you know, available for uh, the Amazon Echo devices. Uh, like, how robust is your your platform? Could you make some of these sophisticated um, voice apps? Yeah. So, interesting enough, we actually built the number one entertainment skill uh, in Canada, and then the number number three in the U.S. by rating, uh, using our platform just to show that we could. Um, it's not to bring too many computer science uh, concepts into it, but it's fully Turing complete, meaning it's essentially as good as any other programming language, except it's entirely visual. Very, very cool. Um, what about the Google side? Uh, are you guys involved with that yet, being able to develop for them? Yeah, so we're looking at Google very keenly, but 
there's definitely just so much work to be done on Alexa, and given they have uh, sort of the largest market share, we're thinking we might be on Google within a month or two, but uh, don't hold me to that. But it's certainly something we are going to do. We're talking uh, with our friend uh, over at VoiceFlow. His name is Braden Ream, CEO and co-founder. Uh, Braden, can you give the web address one more time for the listeners out there that want to check this out? Yeah, so it would be www, uh, www.getvoiceflow.com. Very cool. Thanks for joining us today, Braden. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It was awesome. We've got a lot more to talk about here on the app program today. Uh, coming up, we will be getting to our Hot 5 app countdown. If you are a skier, thinking of becoming a skier, dreaming of skiing, we've got the top five skiing apps for you. That'll help uh, make the most out of your uh, winter. Also, a little bit here in the program, we'll find out how big Cyber Monday was uh, here in Canada. We'll be talking with the folks over at eBay, and there's some really interesting stats as to how much money we are spending here in Canada uh, on uh, Cyber Monday through uh, our different apps. And of course, uh, we've got a few more uh, top app picks of uh, the week uh, when it comes to uh, fitness, gaming, and travel as well. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back shortly after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike, Graham, and Christina here. Before we get to the Hot 5 App Countdown, which is Hot 5 Skiing Apps this week, Graham, do you have a Facebook tip for us? I do have a Facebook tip, and it's for the, the small businesses out there, or people who run Facebook pages, because they're, they're kind of becoming more and more popular. Um, you know, people used to have their own individual Facebook accounts that were public, uh, but if you're a, a more public figure, so for you know, politicians or people who are uh, in charge of things out there, uh, having a personal page is not an unusual thing either. And so this week, how to pin a post uh, on a Facebook page. So to do that, uh, you go to your Facebook page and find the post that you want to pin. So this will keep the, the post at the top of your feed. In the top right-hand corner of the post, you'll see the three little horizontal dots. Click on that, and now click pin to the top of the page. And that will let you put things like alerts or information about holiday hours, stuff, stuff like that, right up at the top. Very easy to do. Thank you very much, Graham. And now it's time. The Weekly App Hot 5. This week, we're talking the Hot 5 skiing apps. And uh, we'll start with number five, Graham. Uh, it's a backcountry safety app. That's right. So this uh, app is called Mammoth Safety, and it's uh, about avalanche safety, because avalanches are a pretty serious thing, right? So Mammoth Safety helps you stay safe while traversing the backcountry, and it will reduce your risk of getting caught in an avalanche by assessing the danger of your chosen location with insights such as exposure, slope angle, and other stuff. So you can use the app's altimeter, uh, clinometer, and compass to evaluate safety while you're skiing, and you can also find links to avalanche bulletins around the world. Now, it will transmit GPS data to rescue services or another saved number in case you find yourself in a life-threatening situation. Very cool. We're talking about the Hot 5 skiing apps this week. We're uh, thanking our friends over at ski.com from their blog. Number four, we've got Open Snow, Christina. Open Snow is actually a one-stop shop for weather forecasts and reports. You can find real-time forecasts for resorts all over North America, Europe, and Japan, as well as analysis from local fo- forecasters. If, you, if you're trying to decide between different uh, destinations, you can actually compare them all on one screen and search by what resorts have the most snow currently. This free app can also set up custom alerts for forecasts in a desired area. Number three on the Hot 5 app countdown this week, skiing apps, Ski Links. When you're skiing with a big crew, it can be impossible to keep track of everyone. Ski Links makes locating and communicating with all the members of your squad a non-issue. You can create a private group for you and all your friends where you can see in real time what run or lift everyone is on. 
This is kind of cool. And then message each other within the app. You can even send personalized messages with a single touch, so you're not stuck fiddling around with the app with cold glove, gloveless hands. Ski Links is also compatible with the Apple Watch for easy access while riding. I love that. Yeah. Because when I'm skiing with friends, sometimes you get separated. You have no idea where they are. Of course, now you can phone them because most mountains have good cell reception. But it'd be nice just to look on an app to see what run they're on and where they are. The one thing that I'm finding is in winter, as I'm wearing gloves, I found a way to interact with my Apple Watch that doesn't require my fingers. And that's to use the tip of my nose. I swear to God, it works. Number two on the Hot 5 app countdown, Graham, we've got Ski Tracks. Ski Tracks. This is the perfect app for measuring and recording all the stats that you want to know about your ski day, or in my case, your snowboard day, and some of the things that you might not have ever thought about. So stats like max and average speed, distance traveled, uh, your vertical, altitude, number of runs, slope degrees, and duration. This puts this all in one place. So Ski Tracks makes it very easy to quickly check how you've been skiing, to compare it with your friends, and you can also upload this to online storage to see how you've progressed over time. And the best part, of course, is that you can share this to social media so you can brag to friends. Number one on the Hot 5 app countdown this week, Christina, I'll let you have this one because I know you are a huge skiing fan. Oh, Scatty. Scatty. This one allows you to explore new runs and stay on course and on time. Uh, Using Scatty is like having a personal mountain guide in your ears at all times. It basically gives you turn-by-turn directions on how to follow a route after you've input your information, such as your skiing ability and any desired route points you want to hit along the way. It will design a route for you around the mountain and feed you the information through your headphones, just like your car's navigation I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. It uses geodata they've created. um, They've collected to create new routes for you all the time. So you uh, get to explore new things that you may not find on your own. Just remember to be safe, of course. This is really cool. Uh, You know, the one thing I've, I've noticed with some of these skiing apps, though, it sucks your battery dry by the uh, the end of the day. So you'll probably want to bring a, an extra USB power pack as well. Not a bad idea. Always have more power with you, right? More I power. need one of those just on a regular day, so I can't imagine being up on a mountain away from reception. Uh, let's uh, switch gears now. Graham, do you have a game app of the week for us? I do indeed. Our game app of the week is called Euclidean Skies. Euclidean Skies. It's very mathematical. So this is the uh, successor to Euclidean Lands, and it combines marvelous architecture and turn-based movements to create a beautiful world with, of course, mind-bending puzzles. You would imagine that from something named Euclid. Uh, this is for iOS and Android. It sells for about 7 bucks Canadian, and uh, it also will use AR, so you can actually put these beautiful, fantastical castles out in front of the Space News, so you can have them in your living room. Uh, there are 40 levels. Uh, there are some really cool enemies to outmaneuver, and you're trying to guide your heroine through the exits of all of these levels. Uh, it's designed for all ages, and so there's some really cool things that you can do in this game. I personally really enjoyed it, and I found that it was worth the 7 bucks. Euclidean Skies. Sounds weird, but I'm going to try it. Excellent. We've got a few more apps to talk about, but you're going to have to stay tuned. Uh, fitness app. We've also got our travel app and oh, so much more. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the app show. Well, uh, if you remember just uh, a little while ago, Cyber Monday happened. Millions and millions of dollars in sales uh, here in Canada. To get a better understanding of uh, how much and what was bought we have our friend uh, Camille Kowalowski from eBay Canada. Thanks for joining us, Camille. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, so we had you on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, but I uh, wanted to have you on again just to see how it all shook out. Uh, what were the busiest times uh, for purchases uh, by Canadians uh, on eBay during Cyber Monday? Yeah, uh, similar to years past, we, we saw the peak um, purchase period really on our site between uh, 7 and, and 10 Eastern uh, p.m. So we kind of, we kind of see, um, you know, a steady, a steady beat throughout the day and then, and then this peak between 7 and 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern that's kind of, you know, uh, after after work, uh, maybe after dinner, and that's really when people are settling down, getting on getting on their um, phones uh, or their their laptops, and and checking out the deals. Um, and so that that's a great advantage for for people to you know do it when it when it you know fits their schedules. But we also saw a lot of activity early in the morning as well for those really those keen people that want to get the best deals before they they sell out and and are gone. Uh, what. What were some of the top uh, items sold um, by Canadian sellers? Yeah, a lot of uh, gift cards. So things like from Hotels.com and, and Petro-Canada gas cards, um, they typically uh, do really well, both on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and there were some excellent deals. And so those gift cards went went uh, quite quickly, actually. They, they sold out quite quickly. So a lot of Canadians are, are grabbing those great deals on eBay. Um, also, um, smart home products, so like the Google Home Mini. Um, there's an excellent deal on, on the Google Home Mini on eBay, and so it, it went it went quite quickly as well. Uh, we also had a lot of compelling deals with cookware, um, uh, Lego. I think a lot of people were, were getting some holiday shopping done early, um, and espresso machines. So some of Bigger ticket items that people, you know, may it may be on their radar throughout the year, but that they wait for key deal moments like Black Friday or Cyber Monday uh, because they know there's going to be some really excellent um, deep discounts really on eBay around those big ticket items, and so there was a lot of those purchased. So I could either be getting Lego or an espresso machine for Christmas. That's my bet. <laughs> Uh, interesting uh, about the smart home uh, devices. Uh, I guess that's uh, going to be interesting here during the holiday co- uh, shopping uh, season. Uh, you know, the more people that get these Google Minis, uh, uh, you know, and the smart speakers, uh, that's really going to fuel uh, all the the smart plug-in devices for homes as well. I, I imagine. Yeah, and a lot of those gadgets are doing well as well. And, um, you know, the great thing is you also can then do some of your holiday shopping through some of those gadgets. So you can <laughs> shop on eBay through, through your Google Home Mini if you'd like. So why does Cyber Monday continue to be one of the biggest shopping days of the year? I mean, was it always that way? It's kind of more of a recent thing for Canadians, isn't it? Yeah, I think maybe five, six years ago is when we saw both Black Friday and, and Cyber Monday like fully arriving in Canada. So it did start in the U.S., um, based around um, American Thanksgiving, of course, um, but then it, but then it did quickly move up, up north and, and across the border into Canada. We also see it in, in the UK and, and other, um, uh, even in Latin America. It's now becoming a very a key retail moment. So it, it is spreading, but it, it absolutely has become a key retail moment in Canada um, for several years now. And I think really, like why why it is that way is because there actually are really great discounts. So some people say, oh, well, you know, is, is it more of a, an appearance of, of discounts or, or are they actually true deep discounts? And certainly on sites like eBay, um, we have phenomenal deals. We work uh, well in advance with a lot of Canadian sellers and international sellers to get really competitive 
um, you know, market-leading um, discounts on some really uh, hot and in-demand items. And we, we make sure that we have those offerings ready to go for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. You know, consumers are expecting it, and, and um, you know, online retailers like eBay are, are offering it and producing it. It's interesting because I, you know, I talked to a lot of friends, uh, you know, about how big a- eBay was, uh, you know, during Cyber Monday, and you know, I think there's a f- with a few of them, there's still a perception that eBay is this kind of auction place where you kind of buy, uh, you know, used items. But I mean, you've got everything on there now. Absolutely, and in fact, you know, that that is how e- eBay started. That was our origin, of course, was you know, an auction site, but um, really over the past, you know, maybe like decade, uh, we've, we've really switched to um, new items and at fixed price, meaning that you don't have to go through an auction, you, you can just buy it instantly. And in fact, you know, today, uh, more than 80% of the items um, that are purchased on eBay are brand new and at a fixed price. So the vast majority of what Canadians and, and consumers globally um, are shopping for on eBay are brand new and, and at a fixed price. We're talking with Camille Kovalowski from eBay Canada, all about uh, what happened Cyber Monday. Were there any trends that you noticed? Well, I think we continue to see um, the mobile trends. So people shopping from their phones, it's, it's quite con- convenient. We have a, a really um, uh, seamless interface, whether um, you know it, it's just the mobile experience or through our app. So a lot of people are, are shopping eBay from their mobile device, which is quite convenient. Um, I think just in, in general, we saw a lot of tech. Tech does very, very well for both Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And and so we definitely saw, even with like the gaming consoles, like Nintendo Switches, as we mentioned, the, the Google Homes and the Google Home Mini, um, uh, you know, AirPods, um, those were a lot of items that surfaced that, you know, Canadians were, were hungry for. Camille, I want to thank you for joining us today and uh, filling us in. Thanks for having me. That was Camille Kowalowski from eBay Canada. We still have more apps to talk about. We're going to cover our travel and our fitness apps of the week. And Graham has an interesting app of the week. I don't know what that means, but uh, Graham's going to tell us. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You are back with the app show. Mike Graham and Christina here. We've got a few more apps to talk about before we get to our interesting and travel app of the week. Graham, you've got a fitness app for us. I do indeed. And the fitness app that I've got for you, we've done a lot of yoga. We've done a lot of running. We've done a lot of stretching. Today, I'm going to talk about strength training because strength training is pretty cool. Um, I started doing strength training a while back using a book called Starting Strength by Mark Ripto. And he had a five by five method that he used. And so I found an app that will kind of teach you the same sort of techniques. And it's called Strength. Strong Lifts 5x5 Weightlifting. So this is an intense full-body workout that will target every muscle with only a few exercises, and it uses either free weights or barbells, uh, so you can use things like squats to build maximum strength and muscle. So this is all about progressive overload to trigger gains, uh, and it's also a great way to motivate yourself as you see things increase over time. It's a very cool way of going about it. So this is available uh, for iOS, and uh, it is free. Now, it does have exercise packs and subscriptions that are available, and you can find the in-app purchases anywhere from $12 for some of those uh, exercise packs to $139 for the full year, which works out to about $12 a month uh, to do all of your tracking over time. So if you're looking for a great way to step into strength training, uh, this is called Stronglist 5x5 Weightlifting and again, available for iOS and for Android. Let's get our travel app of the week. Christina, what do you have? This week, I have an app 
called Clock. This is available on both iOS and Android, and this will actually help you keep track of all the time zones. Now, I know this is built into some operating systems, but what's great about this app is that it's really clean and minimalistic, and it also comes with a little widget that you can actually access from anywhere, um, even from your lock screen. That's very cool. I use Clock. I've actually got it open right now because I've got Vancouver, Toronto, London, and Tokyo because I've got family just about everywhere in those cities. Yeah, and you can access that right from your lock screen and you know what time it is wherever people are so that you can communicate with them without waking them up in the middle of the night. When my parents travel over to England, it's really handy because, again, you know, it is sort of the middle of the night when it would be the usual time that I would call them. So it's kind of nice to not wake them up. Yes, my my grandma likes to call me at 2 a.m. every Sunday night. So uh, I think I need to teach her how to use this. She needs clock. (laughs) She needs clock. That's K-L-O-K is the... Yes, that's right. K-L-O-K? K-L-O-K. Clock. 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 Is that a Bulgarian app? (laughs) (laughs) No? Let's get to our interesting app of the week. Graham, what do you got? Our interesting app of the week actually comes from Apple directly. I don't know. They launched this a couple of years ago. Have you guys used Music Memos? No. This is a really neat app for musicians and songwriters to capture new musical ideas. Uh, Now, you can record acoustic guitar, piano, voice, pretty much any musical instrument in high-quality, uncompressed audio. And then you can sort of name these things. You can tag them. Because... You know, a lot of my friends are musicians, they're DJs, they have these ideas when they're out and about, and when they do, being able to record these things very easily would be handy for them. So I'm actually starting to recommend it to a lot of my friends. It's really great for capturing just that that little ditty as you've got an idea, you get that down, and uh, you can work on it later. Um, um, so sorry, can't you just use the voice recorder for that? You could, but the voice recorder, it doesn't give you quite as many features, and okay. it's, it's not as pretty, right? The voice recorder is very functional, it's very, you know, it's a voice recorder. This is... It's, this like, is, it's like clock. It's like clock. <laughs> So, Music Memos is a little bit friendlier than Clock. And that's our interesting app of the week? That's our interesting app of the week. I thought it was interesting. Musical Memos. Musical Memos. I've never heard of this one. Music Memos. Yeah, I think they launched it in either iOS 8 or iOS 9. It's got a nice little, it's sort of an orange and white icon, and it's got typical Apple polish. It's, It's a cool, sexy little app. Did you know it existed? I did not, but I'm not very musical, so that is unsurprising. Now you know. Don't forget to listen to our sister show here on the Chorus Radio Network. It's called Get Connected every Saturday here on CKNW 980 from 10 to 11. We talk all about the latest and greatest in tech, from smart homes to smartphones to TVs, you name it, we'll talk about it. I want to thank Graham and Christina for helping produce and host the show. Don't forget that you can also catch us as a podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, both the App Show and Get Connected. Yes, we're podcasters now. Thanks, guys. We're signing off. We'll see you again next week. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.